United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. United States of Lead, a podcast about crime, mental decline, and the history of lead poisoning. This week, Paul and I are joined by Dr. Mark Laidlaw, who has a degree in geology, a PhD in environmental science, with over 20 years experience in environmental consulting and research. He's co-authored over 30 peer-reviewed articles, and his research mainly is regarding metals and health, since you are in Australia. Yeah. Tim Pye had mentioned that they just simply don't have lead screening for kids in the UK. What kind of systems are set up as far as lead poisoning awareness in Australia? Is lead screening something that's a standard approach? What's that look like? They don't have any screening program here. They had okay. a study back in 1995 where they did some screening. Yeah, something like oh, wow. that, I think. But they really don't know what they're dealing with. So um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, Mark, can, I, I'm just going to ask this because I'm going to ask the expert right now. We've been operating as if that is insane. Is that true? Do you think well, it's important I, for um, I think it's just, uh, would, well, would, you know, in America, they're, they're measuring the blood levels of some of the children. So that's good. But I think they you need, really need to monitor the environment rather than test children's blood after they've been poisoned. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and test the soil. Make sure it's not above guideline levels or, or really high levels and remediate that uh, rather than wait for the child to be blood lead poisoned. So that's what yeah. I think. What we've learned throughout time is a lot of systems seem to be just reactionary and we don't right. really take too keen to be precautionary yeah. <laughs> in uh, all aspects of society. It seems yeah, like it's yeah. reactionary. And I know we're constantly advocating for a lot of areas of life, including our health, whether it's physical yeah. or mental, that shift really needs to happen if we're really going to make a change because reactionary is not really working out that well. Yeah, it's really sad. In America, you've got the Clean Water Act and the, you know, one of the Air Acts, but you don't have a Clean Soil Act. Something they should have is uh, the right to clean soil. Yeah, I want to really go through that Biden-Harris plan and see, because I'm pretty sure it, it was only water and paint. Exactly. That's that's the problem is that you have these seasonal blood lead curves that are telling you that it's coming from the soil in our Detroit paper. Yeah. And um, you have all the money thrown it and not even acknowledged 
soil in the government, you know? So it's not, it's not uh, going to be an effective solution. Just focusing on lead paint and water. Is that the lower cost solution as well? Is that, I think that has something to do with it. They just don't have enough money to address Mm -hmm. all the issues. Yeah. That's one of our operating assumptions is like, if this concern was ever totally put on the table, it would just seems so large. Yeah. My former advisor, he had a program where people would send in their soil samples and uh, uh, he'd analyze them for lead, you know, like five locations at, at each house. And he would have recommendations for the public to go ahead and to remediate themselves. Okay. So that's another possibility to solve the problem, but that's dependent upon people's ability to pay for that or uh, have the wherewithal to do it themselves. Yeah. yeah. That, that is a, that it is a, a one solution is having people remediate themselves. Well, in a community like Detroit, just an inner city, what would be something if a community got together and they're like, we can't wait, we, we're going to do this in our, our neighborhood. What would you think their first steps would be to like start curbing the problem or? Um... Yeah. Um, I think in New York, they have something called a clean soil program where some group has made clean soil available. So if people wanted to bring in clean soil and cap the yards that have been already tested, you know, with really high concentrations, mm-hmm. they could do it themselves. Can you explain this process in regards to how to... With the geo, pre- geotech... Pre- uh, <laughs> okay. To prevent the yeah. soil from, you know, how, how are we going to know that the soil is safe? How deep do we have to go or how high do we have to put stuff on well, top? Well, um, Howard Milky in, at Tulane has done this. And what he's done is laid a geotextile fabric. It's very thin. It uh, is a barrier between the lead and the soil. And then on top of that, you go ahead and put about 10 to 15 centimeters clean soil. And then you put grass on top of that. You grow grass. So you wow. have a barrier. You have a barrier to the lead beneath it. And this prevents you from having to dig it up, which is extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's the cost is, is the issue. So frustrating. So Howard, <laughs> Howard has um, priced out the cost of doing this in New Orleans, which is the mo- best mapped area for soil lead concentration in, in the country. And okay. um, one of his papers is, uh, has evaluated this. Let's say construction, all this getting unearthed in especially bigger cities. Would there be any kind of protocol to help minimize or would that be just the process that you would do after construction? Then we lay this. I already forgot how to work. Yeah. Geo pattern. Geofabric. Geo <laughs> Geotextile. Textile. <laughs> lay this geotextile. Yeah. You know, that this would be just a standard process, let's say, for yeah. new construction. Well, I'm not familiar of any guidelines for preventing lead exposure from new construction, actually. Okay. There might be, be out there, help, but I'm not though? familiar with that. I'm sure it could help if a considered approach was developed to prevent exposures or dust being eliminated mm-hmm. in construction sites. I would really like to know the connection between that soil dust and construction workers. You know? Yeah, I, I, I haven't heard of any research that has, has looked into that. So like in your bachelor's, you repeated an earlier experiment. And I keep hearing this over and over. And I wonder if that's another factor in in this field, you know, there's the hypothesis and then you've got with the scientific method, everyone wants to 
have his ideas and then have a test and then do the research and write the paper and be at the yeah. front. But so few people do the really important part about the science, which is like that it's repeatable. Is that an issue that um, there's just not enough uh, people? Yes. Kind of like, yes. And how does That's, that come out? What should be more repeated in this field? Well, I think that yeah, more people could like Chicago is just mapped for the soil lead concentration. A really, really excellent paper. I would like that to be repeated in other cities. Oh, sure. Um, I'd like for there to be more research into blood lead seasonality, into dust being resuspended into the air. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there hasn't been a lot of research in that area. And the problem is, it's just it's really hard to get funding. You can't. I mean, it's almost impossible to get funding. People are just doing this on their own dime. That's so, what it seems like. Yeah. So, why, I mean, this is an ancient problem. Like, you know, there's Romans who are talking about yeah. things are uh, really funny when I drink from this cup. And uh, yeah. what do you think the blind spot is? Why does that persist with lead specifically? Yeah. When I was a kid, I think there that... was a hole in the ozone. Like it was, Yeah. we solved that. We yeah started patching that back up but i think that there's uh vested interest in the past who have like the lead industry has how would i say minimized the dangers of lead poisoning and the lead paint people have denied that lead paint causes exposure and the petroleum people deny that petroleum and lead has caused lead poisoning and they have lots of lawyers and lobbyists and the people in the inner cities have, don't have that yeah so that's yeah so it's a really shame that there isn't more funding available for researchers to do this or or to do a soil mapping program like the british did why does the british have a soil mapping program for heavy metals and lead the united states doesn't never had it Mm -hmm. yeah especially if we have screening for children too but then we're not focusing on dialing it in and nipping in the bud I actually, I read a book or I started a book recently and it's called The Myth of Normal. And it's that idea of saying it's normal just because it's, we're used to it. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and it's because it's common, then we associate that with it being normal and then we accept. Whereas these things, just because it's common, doesn't mean it's okay. That's a big problem with this, um, this whole area is that doesn't get any news, get any attention because it's not considered news, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. um, it just goes under the radar. Yeah, just people just well, aren't aware of it. Yeah. Well, and Tim brought that up too because he said, you know, like you just said, we don't have the money to research it. So you can't have in the news that this is what it is because you don't have the data to say this is what it is exactly. because you don't have the funding to say exactly this is what it is. Exactly. Yeah, you've got it. You hit the nail on the head. And Tim's the one who said that, but like, that's what it is. And I mean, is it by design? Is it laziness? Is it greed? Who knows? But at the end of the day, the funding needs to be there some way, shape or form. And I think an emphasis too on if the Biden-Harris administration is going to make this big of a deal of the need to get rid of lead, they cannot ignore this big of an issue. Yeah. And not yeah. funding the research into this. If they're re- if they're really dedicated to solving this, not solving but at least getting it under control because like, you know, let it doesn't disappear. We have to figure out a way to, you know, navigate, but they can't ignore this if they really do say that they want to resolve this issue. Yeah. Unfortunately, like. they are. <laughs> I, that's what I mean. So yeah. it's like, that's a way, though, to at least get it in the news that like, yeah. you know, you say it's this big of a problem. 
Well, if you go ahead and and map all the cities and see all these inner city areas with this high lead concentrations, and if you see it, then you'd be forced to do something about it. But I wonder if they know that. They know that if they map it, then they'll have to do something about it so they won't map it, you know. They already spent too much time on this other plan. You can't mess up their plan now. (laughs) It's too much work. I'm wondering how to get the people who are going to be working on this abatement program, how to get them to wet their whistles and to get them hungry for even more of that sweet, sweet lead dollars. <laughs> like, so if if there's an industry that can be kind of like supercharged where if I'm a handy person, I got five employees and two trucks and it's like, oh, I'm going to start doing this lead thing with the government. Yeah. Is there a way that we could get them to then say like, we're doing pipes, we're doing this paint. And then we're doing this testing and this testing, but the real money is in this soil. Like, how can I get my team in? Yeah. How can I get the powers that be to see? I'm trying to say like. It's basically a landscaping job. How do we leverage this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's plenty of people that have the skill to do this. Yeah. There's no retraining as much as. as No. But you just figured out the way to market it though, really. Yeah. That means there's going to be dollars there. Like, hey, listen, your soil is toxic and you got Bob's landscaping, lead landscaping or whatever. And they have these geotextile, you know, we can do this for you and whatever. And there is some sort of assistance program for new homeowners or because obviously there's this funding for people who like find lead in their house with pipes or paint. Um, But if there was some sort of assistance and there are businesses, landscaping businesses, you know, where this is what they do. Yeah. Mark, yeah, I mean, you it, can imagine the, the size of I mean, it's a big job to do these inner city areas, but it could be done. I wonder if this might be an insurance issue. Like yeah. if we could get there's a big storm, a bunch of roofers will drive through my neighborhood and they'll knock on doors and everyone has roof damage. Right. Everybody's yeah, yeah. roof needs a new roof. Uh, there's some shingle that's just a little out of way. And they contact the insurance company and they do the work and they basically say like how much money is your insurance company going to give you and that's magically the exact amount that that roof costs yeah they do 50 roofs and they're super happy so i'm just wondering if like how can we get something like that where the insurance company is saying it's cheaper for us it's you know in there's some actuarial table where it's it's yeah. better for this piece of property or this whole area mm-hmm. to have the soil remediated yeah um you know there's press for um, remediation out in California and out west at some of the mining sites. And okay. but they've been just digging it up and taking it to the landfill, I think. But yeah, it, it can be done. It's not rocket science. It just takes political will to somehow find the funding. Now I get to ask a dumb question. Well, so right. is, <laughs> with this elevated lead levels, is it the inhalation of soil dust versus like any ingestion? Well, I think it's like both plain- ingestion and inhalation. Okay. You can have deposition onto contact surfaces and then children put their hands down on contact surfaces and suck their thumb. You could also have inhalation as well. Just made me think too, like with COVID when everybody was inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if there was testing during that, that would have been nice. Okay. So as far as too with lead exposure, yes, there's times when it's useful to use it. 
as far as industries where it's like, there's no reason why this should be here. Are there any industries that stick out? Because we've, you know, we've already banned the leaded gas, we banned the leaded ape, sort of. Are there any industries that you see where there's got to be some serious regulations? Yeah, the, I think the biggest one is just the battery reclamation. Um, oh, you know, like yeah. where they take batteries and crack them open and they get the lead. It's a huge problem in Africa. People trying to make a living are cracking open the batteries and smelting the lead and they're spreading it all over the place. Wow. Yeah, okay. It's a big problem. When I think of lead in the popular culture, there's a lot of energy right now flying around the TikTok world about baby boomers and lead poisoning. You know, I just see a lot of people who have either adamant about this, they feel a total connection, or they feel almost this sense of like understanding, like, oh, that's why the world's like out of control. It's because everyone <sighs> in charge has lead poisoning. That's a good do you point. Have any, do you have any thoughts on that? Because Well, it, it's a really, really good point. I wish I could show you one of my papers when you look at uh, the emissions from lead and leaded gasoline, it starts climbing in the 20s and, and it really picks up in the 50s and it peaks in uh, the 70s and then it decreases towards 83 where it, it drops off. So people who basically living in the inner cities in the 70s and early 80s were exposed to tremendous amounts of lead. So uh, some have hypothesized that that's been associated with motor neuron disease and dementia and other things. So yeah, that's a big concern about the baby boomers is if they lived in the inner city areas or this, sure. they would have been exposed to a lot of lead. Sad. Ammunition. Okay. Oh, so yeah. ammunition and soil, because yeah. we did two episodes on ammunition. And one of the big things was the remaining bullets, you know, just leaching into the soil. Yeah. Is there any data related to the increase in lead and soil from ammunition? Yeah, there's been a lot of studies that have showed that the soils at shooting range are totally contaminated with lead and lead bullets. I wrote a paper with my colleagues uh, regarding exposure to shooters at shooting ranges from lead due to the lead bullets and the lead in the primer. And yeah, so it's a big problem. People don't realize they're exposing themselves to shooting ranges. I was uh, in the military and I was stationed in Hawaii on this amazing Kaneohe Bay and the firing range at the base overlooks the ocean and the berm is part of this natural caldera yeah Hawaii was just a big volcano at one point I think or at least Oahu every time I think of that how many rounds went down range <laughs> yeah. and it's it's like 50 feet from you know the cliff that goes to the ocean and yeah yeah uh, I think I saw a paper regarding that actual uh, situation. I can yeah. only imagine. I, there's, yeah. I mean, the whole island has got firing ranges all over it, and uh, you know, there's such a such a military presence there. But that, oh, it's just a little icky. So you know, they could solve the lead exposure problem from shooting ranges. They just use copper bullets, and they didn't use lead in the primer. They could just do away with it. But there's a lot of uh, resistance to that a lot of money into the pushback of adapting to that yeah. <laughs> is what we saw with a bunch of the donors that were pushing on the um misinformation and a lot of remember the missing links paul they'd have these studies linked and then we'd go to click on them and it would just be this page cannot be found and it's like <laughs> oh okay <laughs> 
Oh, Lord. That actually <laughs> reminded me because when that Woodstock documentary, the revival, the 90s revival. Yeah was on an old military base and oh, it was yeah. super hot and, oh, no. <laughs> and they were drinking the water and then they were referencing all that, all that dust coming up. And I was like, man, it would be interesting to see. Yeah. There was a, I think in Greece, they had a refugee camp that they um, located on a like former firing range. Yeah. Not good. Really? Yeah. Well, there's a lot that we got to still work on here. (laughs) (laughs) And by we, I mean, not us, but the actual people who are making policy around the world. Thank you so much for highlighting this, because I don't think this is even on a lot of people's radar. No, it's not. Majority. I mean, like I said, we had that brief idea of like, oh, yeah, it's in the the soil, but not to the extent that. Yeah, it's mostly uh, inner city area problem. People don't have as much power, political voice. And they don't have the information. And yeah, it's really sad. Well, and then here's the problem too. And Paul, you brought this up with Tim, where there's this idea of it being this conspiracy because people are so unfamiliar with this. When you even try and say to people, listen, there's a higher risk of lead poisoning from soil. People are just going to look at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, how do we normalize this discussion? Because I could go, let's say to, you know, somebody who represents the South side of Milwaukee, who's going to believe them? Well, you have to map it and advertise it Mm -hmm. and you show where the areas are and all the cities, maybe the top Mm -hmm. 50 cities or something like they did in the British geological survey. And that's how you build awareness. Is you can see it with your own eyes on these visualize. Maps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're gonna put it on TikTok now. Just hope. All you know. right. Yeah. We're Great. gonna be doing some TikToks. Um, <laughs> map it and a- cap it, just like Mark says. <laughs> Do you have a link to that, by the way? The UK. Oh uh, yeah, um, I'll send you one. Okay, perfect for our listeners. We will be sharing all the links that Mark has for his studies, the studies that he's referenced that are important to highlight. And also expect some TikToks on this because this All is right. my mind is on, like I'm kind of speechless because my mind is blown at how important this clearly is. Like I said, too, with the emphasis of climate change, I just see it becoming an even bigger issue. Like we were saying, this whole reactionary model of society we have is not going to benefit us in years to come if we don't actually try and apply what you are suggesting we do. Well, thank you for interviewing me. And uh, yes, it was really nice you. talking with both of you. Oh, we appreciate your time so much. Yeah. Seriously, right. thank you. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.